we want God to conquer through us. We, we desire, I mean, we, we recognize we're in a spiritual battle. And we recognize that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. But, and, and Lord willing, we're going to get to the armor of God today. At least a few of those. But what I felt like the Holy Spirit speaking to me is that I can't conquer through you until I've conquered you. And I think we allow so much. We, we don't allow the Lord to fully lead and guide us. We allow so much room for the enemy to influence and until we're truly surrendered to the Lord, I mean, until we truly allow Him to flow through us, to walk in the Spirit, to put on the armor of God, would be ineffective. We have to allow the Lord to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We have to be surrendered to Him and able to put on that armor be able to fight this battle some of you this morning are you're fighting this battle and we're singing this song in adoration let the train of your robe fill the temple and my prayer right now is that if there's a place in you that is not filled with the presence of God because the imagery of the train of the robe filling the temple is the imagery of a conquering king who has won over and battled every area. And you've heard this before. You guys have been in church for a long time that as they would conquer a region or a country or an area, they would take the robe of the leader of that area and it would be added to the robe of the conquering king. And my question to you is, is his robe filling your temple? Has the conquering king conquered every area of your life that you have submitted to him and now you are filled, filled with his presence? Father, I pray. Lord David said it this way Search me, O God And see If there be any wicked way in me Lord, I pray that as we sing these songs As we draw near to you, God That we will allow you to search every area There are some things that that As we stand here right now That are blatant There are things that we know That we need to surrender to you. There there are evident things in our character, in our person that we need to let go of and say, God, it is all yours. It is all yours. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Lord, I pray that you will take the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, everything that's within us this morning. 
every good thing, every bad thing. Lord, we surrender everything to you. And we ask this morning, does it need to still be there? And Lord, as we submit it to you, we pray that you'll rearrange, reorganize, that you will take out, clean up, mold, and shape us just as you pick up a clump of clay and you begin to put it on the potter's wheel and you begin to shape. I pray that today we will be shaped and molded into the image of your son, that we may be completely filled with your presence being overcomers in Christ Jesus, conquering with you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that today that we will take a stand in you, a stand against the things that are fighting within us and without us. Lord, that we will allow you to be the conquering king that you already are, but inside of us. God, we praise you, Jesus. We glorify your name. One of these days, God, we're going to stand around the throne. and We're going to join those elders and saints who've gone on before us. And we're going to cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And Lord, it might be repetitious for some, God, in the, in the presence of who you are, I don't think you'll ever get old. You are holy. You are righteous. You are amazing. You are awesome, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Feel this temple. somebody say let him fill your temple today
hallelujah as the train of your own fills this somebody. Can you just give God a hand clap of praise in this house? Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look to somebody and say, we're still in Ephesians. I'm on. <laughs> so good. So good. Been praying and just asking the Lord for where to go after Ephesians. Y'all join me in prayer with that. Um, considering First and Second Peter, but we'll be obedient to the Lord. So we're in Ephesians chapter six, and we looked at verse eleven and twelve. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. And we went into verse 12 and spent a lot of time there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, or wherefore, whichever version you're looking at, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, right? Amen. You know, we get into uh, this section and, and I'm reminded that the Apostle Paul, uh, as he starts us out as a prisoner of the Lord, is this is a prison epistle. He's probably in a home-bound setting <laughs> with the Praetorian Guard at watch at his place. And so I imagine he gets to see these guys dressed in their uniforms every day. Not like today where you have your you know little thing around your ankle. <laughs> Some of y'all just got let loose, didn't you? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just thought about Medea. Sorry. Y'all have seen it too, huh? <laughs> but anyway, so he's, I imagine as he's looking at these guards and he's writing this, that this imagery is presented to him. And really, if you're looking at what is being presented, it's talking about the truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation and the Spirit of the Lord. And many would stop right there at, as the armor, but I would probably include a seventh 
armor, and that being prayer. And, and so when we see this, we also recognize that this is the section where we go from the sit, walk, and stand because we see in verse 11 it says, stand against. The word uh, used for stand is literally to stand and the word for against is towards, in other words, we don't back down but we face those things that we are challenged with. We don't run from them. We recognize that when we look at the, the equipment of armor, uh, many theologians would say there would be no rear armament because there was an expectation that you don't back away from the fight, right? We sang the song last week, um, let's see, <laughs> standing, yeah, keep on the firing line, right? Oh, you must fight, be brave against all evil, never run nor even lag behind, for if we must win for God in the right, that we've got to keep on the firing line, right? And so we recognize there's not a, there's not a rear guard. Of course, we understand that in Isaiah chapter 58 tells us that the Lord, the glory of the Lord is our rear guard, right? And so when God's got your back, it doesn't matter what you're facing. If God's got your back, you will be able to fight the fight. You'll be able to win the war. And, and then we also have to recognize that we're not fighting this fight with the understanding that we are, uh, we are to win this battle. The battle has already been won. I mean, if we would grab a hold that this battle has already been won and the, the, what we are actually doing in this battle is the application of what's already been done. We are applying that victory to every area that we come in contact with. We, when we stand in the midst of darkness and we are operating in the light of God, we are shining forth the victory of God and the darkness has to flee. Amen? Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we recognize that we're in this battle. And we, in verse 13, it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand. When I recognize this, I, I recognize that the enemy is of, of life is always chomping at the bit to see if he can devour us, to see if he can conquer us, to see if he can intimidate us. We, we recognize that he does not abide by the rules. You look at our society today, and in every area where there is lawlessness, there is an active move of the enemy trying to discourage and, and tear down and destroy the very fiber of our society. You know, we were once a Christian nation, but many would say that we are a post-Christian nation in this day and hour because the enemy has come in and deceived so many. When you look even at religious organizations who have turned their back on the truth of God's Word and are now walking in darkness themselves or who are now approving, the Bible says that even those who approve those things will not in 
inherit the kingdom of God. And so there's whole organizations who have lost their way, who have went away from the truth of God's word and now walking in the lie as if it is okay and their affirmations are bringing doubt and fear and darkness over so many who think they're living right but are now walking in darkness. The Word of God tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We've got to be aware of the enemy's schemes. So when it says, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand. Now, this word withstand is a variation of the word stand that we see four times already throughout this uh, three, three or four verses. And to withstand literally means to, it's, it's like the word that we get, antihistamine. Some of you need to take your antihistamine this morning. I hear you're coughing and sneezing and all that good stuff, right? All this blooming, this blooming things going on around us. And so it's, it, it, it's, it's a stand against. Now, I, I get that in the Christian world that there is a sense of being cautious because we have to be aware that we do not use the armament of the world. We have to be aware that we don't use the weaponry of the world. Our armament is different. But it doesn't mean that we take a pacifist stand and sit around and do nothing. It doesn't mean that we sit back and we find ourselves being run over and discouraged. Even even Jesus himself at the frustration of the temple of God being used as a marketplace began to weave a carefully weaved whip and he went in in frustration and righteous anger and cleansed the temple. How many know that there are times when we need to have some self-righteousness within us or, or a righteousness indignation from God himself to say, I need to let this go and let God have his way. This has affected me too long. This has been going on in my life way too long. I will no longer allow these things to take place. In Jesus' name, purge this temple. Cleanse this temple, Lord Jesus. Amen. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy when we think of how the enemy tries to defame the church. Tries the character assassination of the church, twisting the truth, creating a lie to think that we are haters, that we don't like the world. But the reality is, is we, we don't love the things of this world. That is true. But we understand that Jesus, because of his love for the world, amen? For John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the people of the world. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the people of the world. We look around and we see with sympathy, we see with heartbrokenness that the world is in trouble. There's hurting people who are lost and undone. And we recognize with a love of God and a compassion of God that we want to do something for them. We don't tolerate or accept the things that they may do, but we will love them into a place where we can walk with them on a journey of of recovery and restoration and renewal by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. I need to get I need to get to this message in a minute. <laughs> Last week we talked about the fact that this is not a physical war. The enemy 
is fighting an unfair thing. He wants to intimidate you. And if he can get you into the flesh, if he can get you to, to operate in yourself, then he can intimidate you. He can manipulate you. He can entice you. And, and, and because when we are led by the flesh, we are led by the things that, that make us feel good, the, the things that we are, we're driven by our feelings and our desires, and we're led ab- away by temptations when we are walking in the flesh. But we cannot fight this battle in the flesh. We cannot fight this battle with physical weaponry. We have to know that we have a, a king of glory on our side, and when we, when we surrender to him, it doesn't matter if you count to ten and turn away and say, well, I'll just count to 10, and then I'll be able to handle this. I'm sorry, honey. It don't happen that way. You can think all the positive faults in the world. I just got to think positive. I just got to man up and so that I can overcome this. Let me tell you something. Your positive faults will soon turn negative after a few things smack you in the face a few times. Right? Mm, I remember I just got saved, and I was trying to engage some uh, guys that were not my normal group. And I literally remember as I was sharing with this one guy, I could see the rage inside of him. If I knew what I know now, I would have recognized the demonic activity that was going on. And he literally spit in my face. Whoo, Jesus. Let me just say that. If I was walking in the flesh, (laughs) I might not have been the witness that I should have been. But by God's grace, I was able to wipe the spittle off my face and look at him straight in the eye and say that Jesus still loves you. Let me tell you something, you can't. You can't operate in the flesh. You can't operate. You can't, you can't be like the little uh, train that could. I think I can. I think I can. And how many Christians operate in that manner every single day? They get up. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But I want you to understand that the I think I can's will not get you there. It might be great for a little train. It might be good for Thomas, the train. Uh. Some of y'all had kids in the last generation. (laughs) But when the going gets tough and things aren't as beautiful as they have always been, we go to church and we put on this smiley face, we put on our mask and we we act like everything's beautiful, everything's wonderful. We don't tell anybody anything. We, We hide behind these controlled environments thinking, oh, it's, it's, it's all good. I'm going to make it. I, I got this. Until you don't. We need, we need an outside influence to enter in to make an internal impact in us. Because we need something to be able to destroy the desires of the flesh. We need to be able to crucify the flesh and all this lust and be able to surrender to God and allow God to do a work in us. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul acknowledged this. He said, in me, that is my flesh, there dwells no good. For all of my righteousness, he says, is as filthy rags. It's only as his righteousness 
is in me. Amen? <laughs> Paul speaks of his victory over the spiritual forces of darkness in his, in his letter to Colossians. In Colossians 2.15, he says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of, of them, triumphing over them in it. In what? In the cross of Calvary, he, he disarmed the enemy. The enemy's been disarmed. So we need to put on this whole armor of God. We need to put on the armor of righteousness, the armor of God. And know that God is our rear guard to march in this battle. I mean, there's a tremendous pressure. How many of you felt the pressure of the world to not talk about sin any longer? How many in your workplaces are afraid to mention certain sins because uh, of the pressure of the environment that the world has placed? You can't talk about certain things anymore because it's, it's just politically incorrect. You can't talk about certain things anymore because we've, we've watered down sin in such a way that we've made it everything okay. It's just the, the gospel's just relevant for those who need it. But I'm just happy in myself because me and God's got our own thing going. But the reality is, is that if the Bible said it, it was true when, when this word of God was given to us, then it's true today. My word will not pass away. You can stand on this word of God. It is eternally value. It will hold you. It will, it will keep you until the day when Jesus Christ steps out of the cloud of glory. We can follow this truth, and it will lead us to righteousness and holiness in him. We can't back down. When it says, having done all to stand, stand. We've got to be able to withstand. We've got to stand against the wave of the enemy that he, is, that he is trying to bring an onslaught on our children. Look, it's time to stand up for our kids. It's time to stand up for our families. It's time to stand up for our communities. You want, do you want the world to influence and change your kids to think that all of that stuff's okay? Then who stands in the gap? Who stands in our children? Who stands and says, I'm going to put on the full armor of God because I'm not ready to back down. I'm going to stand having done everything I can, having fitted myself, surrendered to him. I will fight the good fight of faith. God help us to be able to stand. I mean, we have literally lawlessness going on even in a governmental level in some states where they're literally putting on the back burner murder as if it's okay. Just transgenderism and gayism, I mean, all these things. I mean, you can't read God's word and say that it's okay. We can't, we can't water it down. We, I mean, look. Let them cancel us. But we will not walk in this woke generation in such a way. It's time for the church of God to wake up, rise up, stand up, and walk this walk out. God help us, right? I mean, when you walk out these doors, you're faced with well, you just offended me. Well, the Bible says that his, his word 
It will be offensive to some. It will be a sweet-smelling savor to some, right? It will be such an aroma that draws some people because they're looking for truth. But those who are not looking for truth, those who are against truth, it will be a battle. It will be a stumbling block. It will be a fight because they will, they will fight us to the end. Let's me realize that we're getting close. I mean, I, look, if you have loved ones that are not saved, it's not time to sit on your hands and, and, and wish them in. It's time to recognize the truth. Look, it's time to recognize the truth of God's word. We're, we're in a pandemic, but it's not a pandemic of, of COVID or anything like that. We're in a pandemic of the lack of truth. If there's a problem in our world today, it, it is a lack of truth. You can't turn on the news and, and even believe half the things being said because you don't know if it's truth or opinion. It's time to turn off the TV, if you will, and open up the God's Word and you can see very vividly the truth that's taking place in our, in our world right now. You can see it happening right here in God's Word. There's an alignment of Gog and Magog happening right now, and I'm not sure if the church recognizes it. And I'm telling you something, folks. It's getting close. It's almost exciting. For those who are ready, come on, Jesus. Woo! Come on, Lord. Yeah, it looks ugly. There's rumors of wars. Yes, it's, it looks ugly in this world right now, but that just means there's a, a glimmer of hope because Jesus is just about to get ready to step out on the clouds of glory and say, come home, my children. Come home, my children. But according to Paul, it's not time to stick our heads in the sand and just hope it passes by or just hope that, that something might happen. And when he steps out, I'll just be caught up and I'm not affected. No, you will be affected. But are you willing to reach the lost? Are you willing to, to stand in the gap? Are you willing to intercede in prayer for those who are lost, your family members, your co-workers? Are you willing to get on your knees and push aside some things and fast and pray and seek the face of God until something happens? Because it's not going to happen just because you wish it to happen. It's not going to happen just because your grandma prayed it to happen. It's going to happen because you stand in the gap. If the Lord has put the passion and desire in your heart to stand in the gap, then you stand in the gap. Yes, Lord. I got to keep on. I got to get this armor sometime, right? I mean, we need to keep on. I mean, look, the Word, the word of God says to preach as you go. Somebody said, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Well, the word preach is the word kerugma. It means to preach, to teach, to tell. Every one of you who have the Spirit of God in you as the temple of the Holy Spirit become a mouthpiece of God. You, every one of you who have God in you are an ambassador of God. We'll get to ambassadorship later on, but you're an ambassador of God. And we have a responsibility as ambassadors of the kingdom of God to proclaim the message. Right? I mean, it says, 
In the Old Testament, it says, write the vision down, make it plain that a herald may run with it. We need to be running with this Word of God. We need to tell everybody we can, right? I mean, some of you guys get things and you get so excited about it, you got to tell everybody, right? I mean, you calling up people, hey, what's up? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what I got? How much more should we have the understanding that the gospel is the greatest gift we could ever get, give and have? And we should tell everybody about it. We need the word, we need the, we need the whole armor of God. All right. Let's get to the belt, belt of truth, right? So verse 14, stand therefore having, now I know this sounds weird, guys. It's all right. Men had girdles back then. Not in that way. All right. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to stop there. When we think of spiritual warfare, we need, we need the whole armor of God to be able to withstand, to stand against the attacks of the enemy. We need to stand against him. Now, what we recognize in this girding ourselves, it's, this is a belt, right? I mean, back in that day, they wore a robe. In my robe of white, I will fly away to that. Oh, I ain't got Jewel with me here to sing this morning. But back then they wore robes. They didn't have pants. I remember in Honduras, this is a side note, this is a rabbit trail. In Honduras, uh, the ladies would say, we can't wear pants to church because women are not supposed to wear men's clothes. I said, honey, my wife's jeans won't fit me because they made for a woman, Right? Back then, they wore robes. Everybody wore robes. They didn't have pants. And so, the idea of this girding yourself up was a belt. It was the belt that was worn. It was the belt that would hold everything together. I I started to invite the police officer who is uh, sitting in our parking lot guarding us while we're in here. Uh, Thank God for our wonderful security, right? Amen. That's all right. But, you know, that belt, I look at that belt, I'm thinking, dude, if I'd have put that on, my whole drawers would drop. I mean, I mean, they put so much stuff in that belt. I mean, they got tasers, and they got, you know, um, uh, handcuffs, and guns, and bullets, and every, all that stuff, dude. But that, that belt, when it's put on, it locks everything together. They're looking fine and sharp in their outfits, right? Well, the belt was something that was put on. And if you remember, because uh, they wore long robes, they wouldn't be able to run. I mean, look, I have done a few Christmas plays. Some of y'all have too, right? And, and, and I have failed a few times trying to go up steps with that long robe on. I go up and I step on the first step and I step on the, my robe. And I find myself on my face. Women, much respect. Much respect to you and your abilities to walk in your dresses. And your dresses look pretty on you. But robes. So 
if I am to be active, it says, and gird yourself up with the, the truth, right? Some would say, and put on the belt of truth, because it is a literally like a sash that would go around your waist, and it would pull everything together. But if you were, if you'll remember, uh, where Elijah was on the mountain and he prayed, and you remember, and the Bible says that after he prayed, he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand, and and after that he went and told, he said, "Look, rain's coming," and 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 it said that he he that he tucked his uh, robe in and he ran right. So in the idea of our activation, it is something that we tuck in and it gives us the ability to be active because in our robes we might look good, but we aren't able to do much in that type of robe. And the Lord expects us to be active, active. You remember another passage of scripture where uh, the prodigal son, the, the father was sitting waiting on the, on the prodigal son to come home. And, and the Bible says that when he saw his son, he took off running. And for him to run, he had to pick up his uh, robe and he had to tuck that in so that he would have the ability to run to meet his son. We live in a world that wants us to be watered down, that doesn't want us to be active, that wants to shut us down and keep us from fulfilling the plan that God has laid before us. But let me tell you something, folks. It's time that we gird ourselves up. It's time that we grab a hold of the belt of truth and we put it on because it's a time when we better get active because if we're not active, somebody else is very active in the world and the roaring lion is trying to intimidate us. But if we'll stand and understand that we are the children of God and no matter how much he roars we are victorious when we walk in the truth of God amen so we've got to gird ourselves up but we have to use it says with truth what kind of belt truth the first thing necessary to prepare you for spiritual conflict is, is to know the truth right The Word of God says, and know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We've got to know the truth. Paul wrote in in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be be of men of courage, or be brave, be strong. Faith here is the faith in in the truth of Jesus Christ. We've got to stand strong in the foundation that Jesus is is the truth that we live by. Jesus said to the Jews, he says, if you abide in my word and, and, and you are my disciples indeed. And this is John chapter 8. And he goes on and says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The whole body of the truth that encompasses Jesus Christ is what we have to lean on, is what we have to hold on to and know that we are in Christ Jesus. What does it make us free from? We're free from the darkness of sin. We're free from the bondage of sin. We're free from the penalty of sin. When you know the truth, you know whose you are, and you know that he is with you, and that you're in him, and you're able to overcome every enemy that comes against you. Well, that word in chapter 6, verse 13, it says that you may be able to withstand. So when we put on the whole armor of God, it is an empowerment of God. The word 
To be able is the same word uh, or the root word that we get the word dunamis or dynamite. It's the same word that would be used in Acts chapter 1 and 8. And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me tell you something. When you put on the whole armor of God, you are empowering yourself to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. We need the power of God. John 17, Paul uh, Jesus prayed, he asked the Father to sanctify the disciples by the truth. And he said, thy word is truth. John in his first epistle speaks of the spirit of truth and the spirit of error and and the importance of discerning between the two. We need to encourage, we need to encourage each other in the truth. We need to understand that we are to try the things around us and see if they are truly of God. Amen. Amen. He promised, he promised the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, it, it, it pangs me to see the body of Christ shun the Holy Spirit. There's so many who shun the Holy Spirit as if, as if, you know, all those Pentecostals, they're crazy. But we shouldn't shun the Holy Spirit because it is the Holy Spirit that, Jesus referred to him as the spirit of truth. And and he said that he would guide us into all truth. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us. That's why it's so important. It's so important to be spirit-led. Our our number one core value that we are spirit-led. We have to be willing to be submissive to the Holy Spirit that we will be spirit-led. I mean, there are some people who are drawn away by every wind of doctrine. Some people seeking the next the, 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 the next trivia or the, the oh, there's seven mysteries to this and seven mysteries to that. Look, let me tell you something. The mystery is, is do you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus and you're walking in him and you're taking this truth, God's word, and you're applying it to your life, the truth will set you free. The truth will empower you. The truth will lead you. The truth will carry you. I'm closing. I'm going to just get through one today. Next week, Lord willing, I'm going to get through three. <laughs> how, many know there's, how many know there's heresy that goes around in the body of Christ? And it didn't just start, this, it didn't just start yesterday or last week or a month ago or two years ago. I mean... The enemy tries to infiltrate. I mean, there, there, are, there are movements in the body of Christ. And, and I, I'm, I'm concerned with our Western, our Western mentality within the body of Christ. Because there's been so much of an influence of the prosperity doctrine. And, you know, the idea that, that riches are a sign of godliness. And, and I look in the Word of God. I mean, I don't find that. As a matter of fact, I find in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5, it says... Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. We've got to be careful. I mean, we, we, we're on the next telethon and we're giving money to, well, you get you some oil from Jerusalem. Find your favor from God. You'll give so much money, 
we'll send you the next book of the mysteries of God. Man, we've got to be careful. Just because somebody, look, my mother-in-law has now uh, become various astute to Facebook and understands that Facebook, not everything put on there is true. She, she'll send me this article say, I'm not sure if this is true or not because it's on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but just because a, a preacher stands behind a pulpit and says something doesn't make it true. Man, I, I beg you, look, don't just take my word from it. Go home, get in God's word, study it. Get in, draw near to the Holy Spirit and let him draw near to you, right? Let him lead you in the truth. I'm thankful that, that we have this privilege of being able, I mean, I don't take this lightly, to stand in front of you, to share this word. This is, this is the most scary thing that I do. This is scary to me because I don't want to misrepresent God. I don't want to, I don't want to lead you in a way because I have to stand before God. And I have to hold account of what I have spoken to you. And so therefore, when I'm studying this and I'm reading and I'm growing, I'm asking God, God, lead me into truth. Lord, help me to make sure that I'm not misrepresenting what you're really saying. And Lord, give me wisdom and direction. Because the truth is so important. And I don't want anyone to think that they can not follow this word. We've got to follow the, the word of God. We've got to listen to what God's saying. We've got to allow the body of God's word to speak to us. You can't just take bits and pieces and, and say, well, I can do this because the Bible says this. We've got to take the whole word. Don't take it out of context, but take the whole word. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6 and 7, says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, the, the armor of righteousness. We need the whole armor of God. The reality is, is that there's been a fight against the truth. All the way back into the history of church. The first established council that took place was because a group of righteous, a group of self-righteous, proclaimed righteous people went into Antioch trying to push something that was not true. And so therefore they come together and had to correct the theology that they were trying to portray. Even the Nicene Council that came together in the early centuries came together because there was Arius. There's an Arian view. And Arius was out there teaching that Jesus was not deity. In other words, he was not God. That he was just another created being. And so therefore they had to correct the erroneous view that was being portrayed. But even today, there's people who have continued following that view. Think of the Jehovah's Witness. A whole organization 
who has taken the Aryan view to say that Jesus Christ is not God. He's not deity. I don't know how you could read this and not know that Jesus is not God. Maybe that's why they created their own translation to speak for themselves. Listen, in a world that is so missing truth, guys, we cannot put aside truth. We can't believe the lie. We can't be misled. We need to put on the belt of truth. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to make sure that we're encouraging one another in truth, building each other up in the love of God. Well, I don't want to offend my brother. Well, Jude says it this way. It would be better to, to tell them, pulling them from the fiery pit, if you will. This is, that's the PDV version. And even though you might reek of the smell of the pit because you have pulled them out, the truth will save somebody. They might not appreciate your truth. They might not appreciate the fact that you have shared with them what the Word of God says. How many have had somebody that says, that's gotten mad at you because you've shared the Word with them? Yeah. Look, we have, we have to stand in truth. Now look, I, I, need, I, need, I need you to understand this. We do not go around with the Word of God to bring condemnation on people. We don't go around with the mentality of, well, you're going to hell. No, we go around in love saying, look, man, I care so much about you that I want to share this word with you. Now, look, at the end of the day, it's your choice. Even the word of God says that he's laid before us life and death. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. But I, I, I just can't get away from it. I really do care about you. And I see how this, I see what, what, what's happening in your life and how that's harming your relationships. And this word says that if, you'll, if, if this, is, this is the truth of God's word, if, if you'll do this, how much life would be different for you? Isn't that different? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that compassionate? Isn't that caring? It still may not be accepted, but it still has to be said. Truth in love. Truth in love. This morning, some of you have some folks that you need to speak the truth into. Some of you have some hard conversations ahead of you. Some of you have been captivated by the attack of the enemy you've been lied to you've been battling I, I don't know how many people I've talked to over the last three months who've received phone calls of the enemy trying to manipulate or steal from people how many have had a few of those phone calls right this is Amazon we need your account number so that we can get some money from you that's not what it's said. I mean look the enemy's at work He's at work in every avenue. 
Are we standing up with truth? Are we falling to the lie? It's going to get more and more blatant. Your character is going to get assassinated. I don't, I'm not trying to speak that into your life. I'm just saying that, that the, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more... Because look, those who are righteous, you're the primary target. I mean, if I look over the past 30 years, how many pastors have fallen? Think about it, guys. How many prominent men of God have fallen? I don't claim that I have any greater attack than you, but I will say, I have to remain walking the Spirit just like you. I have to remain humble before the Lord. I have to remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit because there is a constant attack of the enemy. And if we don't put on the very first item, the truth, none of the rest of it will matter. If you don't buckle yourself in with the truth of God's Word... Honey, it's going to be a ride of your life, and it's not going to be good. But if you'll grab a hold of the truth, everything else fits so much better. Amen? Everything else fits so much better. This morning, how many say, I, I got some hard conversations I need to make? How many got some of those hard conversations you got to make? I'm going to say, Pastor, I'm fighting some of those battles. It might be yourself. I, I've believed the lie that I'm, I'm a no good, low down scoundrel. Let me tell you something. You've got to cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. The enemy can tell you you're nothing, you're horrible, you're. And guess what? You just, when you know the truth, it sets you free. You can say, you know what? You're right. But now I know Jesus. <laughs> now I know Jesus. Yes, that's who I was. Yes, that's sometimes I trip up, but I'm getting back up because I know who I am now in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody says, Pastor, I've struggled with a lie a few times. And I need Jesus to help me through this. If you'd say, Pastor, i got some hard conversations, would you be willing to come and let us stand with you? Can we pray with you this morning? Can we believe with you? we got some tough battles ahead of us. But we're believing that the word of truth, the spirit of truth, is going to rise up in us to be able to, to handle these conversations. Come on, somebody else. taken the right way but let me guarantee you 
There's power in the Word of God. There's power in the truth of God. There's power in the Spirit of God. When we speak truth, life boils up. And we begin to conquer. I need some folks to stand behind these right now. Would you come and let's pray with these. Let's believe with these. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be intimidated. Come on. Calling me out of the dark. And I cannot whisper away what is said in the light. He is my firm foundation.
I thank you, Jesus, for truth. I thank you, God, for men and women who are willing to stand in the gap, recognizing the difficulty of the task, but understanding that we are the battle. We are in the battle, Lord. And Lord, I know that in this battle, we are victorious. God, empower us with truth. Empower us by your Spirit. Anoint us to be used by you. Let your glory be revealed through your servants. We give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for Miss Kathy before we dismiss, but let this be a dismissal prayer. But remember, greeters, if you are presently a greeter, if you would like to be a a greeter to help with our hospitality team, they're meeting in the... uh, in the commons, there's actually food available for you as well. If you'd like to be a part of that, we would love all your smiling faces to be a part of that. Also tonight, remember that tonight is our um, district unity service. We would love you guys to come out and be a part of that wonderful time. Amen. 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 <laughs> How many believe? Amen. We believe. Father. I thank you, Jesus, for people of faith. But, Lord, more than anything, I'm thankful that you are the great physician. And I pray that as our physician, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, God, as we are believing together, that we'll grab a hold of the tassels. And, Lord, that the healing virtue that flowed through you to that woman with the issue of blood God will flow through my sister right now in Jesus name I pray for a touch from the top of her head to the soles of her feet God Lord we break the curse of the enemy God we come against the spirit of infirmity we right now you are no longer welcome in Jesus name we take authority over every sickness that I've tried to hinder and harm and Lord we were we allow ask that your Holy Spirit will bind her to your truth bind her to your presence bind her to your will God let your glory God be revealed let your voice God be proclaimed through this great miracle that you are doing even right now Jesus we give you glory we give you glory Jesus for what you're doing even right now, God. We thank you, God, that you're at work in my sister. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.